This is our number two of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Each week we get together for three hours. We talk about the news of the week, the events of our often bizarre lives, and we do so in an entertaining, informative, and unique fashion heard across this formerly great nation of ours on 22 different radio stations. You can check out our website to see the link to listen live to each and every one of them at www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. You can also hear the podcasts from each of the John and Leah programs from about the last six or seven months at freespeechbroadcasting.com. So much to get to in the last two hours of the program. Still want to continue and analyzing what happened in the Iowa caucuses, also the GOP debate, and also an extensive preview of the New Hampshire primary on Tuesday. Uh, we were talking, Lee, about what happened with the GOP debate and basic, I mean, the, the GOP uh, Iowa caucus on Monday. And basically, I think we were in agreement. Uh, that well, obviously Ted Cruz, despite what Donald Trump might th- say for one day this week, uh, when he was trying to claim that somehow there was fraud involved and that Ted Cruz didn't really win, Ted Cruz. Yeah, that was that whole thing was bizarre from Trump. Well, what was weird about it, and it came up with the debate tangentially because of the Ben Carson issue. So I want to save some of that for when we talk about the GOP debate. But what oh, was shit. so what was so weird about it was. That Trump was so gracious when oh, it, yeah. when he lost that it almost surprised people, and then for about I don't know twelve hours on Twitter he has a there's radio silence right well yeah the next day right and then the day after that he has a meltdown like <laughs> like it, it, I mean it was almost like watching first thing in the morning right it was like weird it was like watching this guy go through all the stages of grief you know yes but almost in reverse like he he was anger first I mean anger last instead of first it was weird yeah. um but Trump's a weird guy in a lot of ways anyway the point but then but then the next day he's like oh, I'm done with Iowa let's forget about it and <laughs> then, and then he brings it up again at the debate in his closing argument. Um, oh, yes. Uh, or, his clo- or his closing statement. So, all right, we'll talk more about that with the debate. But back to what happened in Iowa. The bottom line is, yes, Ted Cruz won, but he lost the night. He lost the night because he butchered the victory speech. He allowed Rubio to get out there first. Rubio got all the buzz, the momentum. Uh, and, it, and it was much more of a critical night, I think, for Rubio than almost anybody else because Rubio's problem is that he cannot shake Bush, Christie, Kasich, and a little bit off of, of, of Fiorina, even though she's still in the race, she's not really much of a factor, but she, those quote-unquote mainstream Republicans are still nipping at his heels. They won't get away from him. Nipping at his heels. They're trying to devour him. Okay, well, whatever, whatever <laughs> metaphor, you're right. You're probably more accurate than I am. The point is, the point is, he needs to eliminate all the competition for the mainstream of the Republican Party. Whatever you want to call that, establishment is you know, yes. suddenly a negative word in this cycle. But whatever you want to call it, I think there are three different paths here uh, with regard to who, the, who Republicans are supporting. There's the angry portion of the party, which is Trump. There is the constitutional portion of the party, which is Cruz. And, there's and they're the, angry, too. I understand that. And then there's, can we just win a damn election portion that's of the party? Right. <laughs> and, and that's the part where Rubio is competing against Bush and Kasich and Fiorina and Christie. Um, and, and so, and, and Carson's just hanging around just for the ride at this point. Um, I really do like him. Though. No, he's a nice guy, but as I've said for many months, yeah. completely out of his element, I was right. 
and we'll talk more about him at the debate because that intro thing was hilarious. Um, but okay, so so anyway, the point is that if Rubio had not gotten 23%, let's pretend he had finished third with 14%, which easily could have happened. Easily. Uh, that's what he was projected, and, I right, think, if, 13 if, or something. If he had been at 13 or 14, Rubio would be in big trouble right now. Big oh, trouble. Oh, sure. Uh, because um, he he I think there there would have been a lot more thought in New Hampshire to okay Rubio's not the guy for the mainstream let's take a look at everybody else now there's already some of that and this this is why I keep saying that Trump is in an underrated position see this is the most important thing about this issue right now Trump needs he requires there to be at least three or four major candidates in the race. And he also requires, or would very much like, he might not require it, but he would very much like there to be a split in the mainstream Republican path lane. And so, for all intents and purposes, he's getting that. And last night's debate helped him greatly because it was attack Rubio night, which, again, we'll get to. So, with all that said, um, Cruz blew his victory in Iowa uh, he's not going to do very well in New Hampshire. Trump did much better than expected, and Rubio really won tonight. Now, on the Democratic side, because I do want to talk about the Democrats, because this is amazing. The Democrats are getting an enormous pass because everyone's so obsessed with what's going on on the GOP side because of Donald Trump, and it's understandable. But if, if, the, if the GOP side, Leah, was going through a normal presidential process, you know, like something like 2012 or 2008, right, mm-hmm. just normal candidates— and what was happening on the Democratic side was occurring. This would be causing meltdowns everywhere, media meltdowns. Because what we have here is a avowed socialist, Bernie yes. Sanders, a 74-year-old socialist, a socialist. He calls him – he's not even technically a member of the Democratic Party. A socialist who um, you know, most people had not even heard of until a couple months ago effectively ties – the presumptive nominee for the Democratic Party in Iowa, a place where she has run previously. Now, yep. that's it's astonishing. It is, it is absolutely mind-blowing. But what's even more mind-blowing than Bernie Sanders effectively splitting 50-50 is that we don't even know who really won. Oh, no. That's, I guarantee you that Bernie Sanders won. That's why he can't get the numbers. That's why Hillary Clinton got six out of six coin flips. It is a total setup, and they don't want it to be known that Bernie Sanders won. I won't go as far as you because you're sounding a little conspiratorial. I'm, as you know, I'm sounding Democratic Party. (laughs) Fair enough. That's what Uh, I'm sounding. Well, I'm someone that always believes in incompetence. And if you look at just the simple process, forget about Democrat, Republican. The simple process, and it's not simple at all, but just, I mean, what I mean by simple is just take a look at what they try to do in basically an hour's worth of time with this pro- with this caucus on the Democratic side. It is insane. You're supposed to go to a room, identify which part of the room you want to go to to support your candidate. If your candidate doesn't make 15% on the threshold, those people are free agents. You then politic those people that are not meeting the threshold to come to your side they come to your side then they have this bizarre incredibly complex equation to figure out how many delegates get sent to the state convention by the way there's two stages of delegate selection which is why the coin flip thing leah 
was a BS story. Those yeah. those six coin flips didn't mean squat into the final numbers. And I'm also of the belief, though I can't prove it, but news stories implied this, that there were other coin flips that the Sanders team won that they just didn't tell anybody about. Correct. So, so everybody presumed, wow. So wait, so my conspiratorial idea, now you're buying it. No, actually, I'm not. I'm saying I'm saying that, that that was a BS story from people that wanted to create a narrative. And Drudge certainly helped because he hates the Clintons, at least allegedly, although I think he secretly wants Hillary to win. But that's another story for another day for business reasons. But the point here is that that didn't impact who won. But I will say that the process is so convoluted, so complex, and done in such a short period of time with such poor record-keeping – Forget Democrat-Republican. Just because they're human beings involved, there has to be massive inaccuracy. So I don't know if Sanders won. Gun to my head, I would be willing to tell you that more people showed up to Democratic caucuses on Monday and voted for for Bernie Sanders than voted for Hillary Clinton. But we don't know what that number is, and we will never know what that number is. That's how They won't release it. That's how effed up the whole situation is. It's completely effed up. It's it's absurd, and this is how we select a president. I mean, well, sorry, the Democratic Party in, in this in this case, they're just incompetent. The Republicans had all the numbers done with the speeches, and these people were all night long, right, trying but, to figure out who won. But that's partly because their process is different. Is different, and, but still, come on. It's compl- How many people showed up? They it, don't even want to tell us that. It's completely convoluted, and there's no question that the party is in the tank for Hillary. And so, you know, I, I'll agree. We're on the, on the bottom line. We're in agreement. I think Bernie Sanders probably won. Um, yep. Probably not by much. But I think he probably won. And it, it, it matters from a perception standpoint because he's going to win New Hampshire. And if he had won yep. Iowa and New Hampshire, Hillary's she may already be in big trouble. And we'll talk a little bit more about why she's already in big trouble. But she would have been in really big trouble uh, if she had lost in public perception Iowa and then got clobbered in New Hampshire, which is what's going to happen. Now, when we come back, uh, yesterday there was a big debate on the GOP side, which created quite a bit of fireworks. We'll uh, start our analysis of that when we return on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. The John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. This is our extended weekly look at the race for the White House 2016. And last night there was a big GOP debate just a couple days before the New Hampshire primary. And uh, essentially uh, what occurred was that uh, Donald Trump was given mostly a pass and everyone decided to attack either Marco Rubio or Ted Cruz. Leah Brandon, you have the details. Yes, I do. Uh, this may have been the most raucous of them all with the debates. The candidates tearing into each other in a last-minute attempt to improve their numbers in New Hampshire. Now, right out of the gate, the spotlight was on Ted Cruz and accusations that he deliberately spread a lie about Ben Carson dropping out of the race in Iowa. And Carson addressed this. I was very disappointed uh, that members of his team thought so little of me that they thought that after having hundreds, if not thousands, of volunteers and college students 
who sacrificed their time and were dedicated to the cause. One even died. To think that I would just walk away 10 minutes before the caucus and say, forget about you guys. I mean, who would do something like that? Now, Ted Cruz has already apologized for this, but again last night. When this transpired, I apologized to him then, and I do so now. Ben, I'm sorry. Donald Trump didn't have many friends in the audience, only 20, according to him. And he and Jeb Bush, as they often do, got into it, this time over eminent domain and who was in the audience. Okay, 30 seconds, well, let, let me just, you know, he wants to be a tough guy. A lot of times you'll have, you'll have, and, and it doesn't work very well. With How that. tough is it a to lot take of times property you, from an elderly talk, woman? Let me talk quiet. How a tough lot is of it? times... That's all of his donors and special interests out there. <laughs> so, that's what it is. That's what, and by the way, let me just tell you, we needed tickets, you can't get them. You know who has the tickets? Donors, special interests, the people that are putting up the money. Who it is, the RNC told us. But one of the most talked about spats was Governor Chris Christie. He attacked Marco Rubio all night long and basically did a hostile play-by-play over every answer that Marco Rubio gave. <laughs> oh, and John Kasich also never shut up. <laughs> There's your debate rap. Well, Kasich actually, I thought, um, ended up probably helping himself more than anybody <sighs> else. Now, here's why. Because no one attacked him. Uh, and in fact, at one point, Christie praised him. So I think Kasich I is going to, I think Kasich almost by default, and because he's put so much into New Hampshire, and um, and he's gotten a lot of good, you know, endorsements that used to be good endorsements, but now are the kiss of death, like the <laughs> New York Times. Imagine, right. imagine living in the world where, where a New York Times endorsement means you have no chance of winning the Republican <laughs> primary. But I think, Kasich, I think Kasich has a, a real good chance at third, and I think there's a chance he might contend with Rubio for second. I think that second place... A situation is going to be um, really quite the race. Four guys going after it. I don't think Christie's going to be one of them because, because I don't think Christie really helped himself. He, he might have hurt Rubio, but in in doing so, I don't think he did anything to help himself. See, I don't think he understands how this works. It's not just about cutting down the other guy. You have to also make people like you and yes. and want to vote for you. It's possible to do both. It's possible to cut down the other guy and make us hate you even more than yes. we previously did. And I didn't think that was possible because of the whole Sandy situation and the Jerry Jones jiggle uh, mm-hmm. and Bridgegate and just his mm-hmm. overall ego. And, and, and frankly, that 2012 convention speech where all Christie did was talk about himself. I mean, I, yep. hate, I hate this guy. And I he hate is it. so self-important. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> at one point he said, I've dedicated most of my life to one thing. And I, I, I said to my wife, what? The buffet. Um, I, mean, I mean, that's really, that's really, really what it's about with Chris Christie. Um, but we'll talk more about that and the Ben Carson, Ted Cruz thing when we come back. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. My name is John Ziegler. This is the John and Leah Show.
Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon, and we're reviewing the GOP debate from last night, which at times resembled a Rocky movie, especially when it came to Chris Christie and Marco Rubio, which we will get into great detail on momentarily. But I want to go through this debate in chronological order, and that means I have to talk about what occurred before the debate. And... Um, and and the very very I mean exceedingly awkward entry of the candidates. Thank you, ABC. Yeah, I, I blame mostly ABC. It was it was a comedy of errors. It, you know, whenever something like this happens, it, I'm always fascinated by looking inside them because invariably there's more than one reason why something goes wrong, and it's also interesting that how. One mistake begets another begets another. <laughs> the floodgates. Right. And and so basically what happened, if you somehow missed it, was it all started. And, I, and Leah, if I had told you that there would be one candidate most likely to be standing out in the hallway after his name was called, waiting politely to go on but not wanting to go on, which <laughs> candidate would you have picked? Well, Dr. Ben Carson. <laughs> I would have hey, bet. but John Kasich was hiding back there too. No, but I would have bet a thousand dollars if you asked me on the you know seven to one odds. I would have bet a thousand dollars on Ben Carson. And sure enough, what basically <laughs> happened was Carson apparently didn't hear his name, and uh, so he he didn't go out from the the alleyway there that they had created to 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 have the the candidates walk through to get onto the stage. And and it was clear that someone here's here's where things went really sideways. Everything was salvageable until someone behind the curtain said, Ben, go. And he starts to go and he hears the next name called. And at that point, wasn't it Bush? I don't remember. I think it was was Bush. Okay, so here's the next name called and he stops because he's super polite. Right. So he stops and now we've got a train wreck on our hands. <laughs> and and the greatest, the, the, to me, the most interesting moment, and I actually asked this on Twitter and Facebook, and I, I don't know that I got a really good answer. Maybe you have one for me. But I'm always looking to see, can we find anything out about these guys in an unscripted moment? Because right. some, sometimes these are far more telling than anything that they say uh, always on the debate stage always and what I found interesting and I, you know I've been tough on Donald Trump mm-hmm. um, and I might be giving him too much benefit of the doubt here it's quite possible maybe he was just as clueless as Ben Carson was but you can interpret what happened next as Trump coming out and not going out on stage because he realized Carson was in an awkward situation and he wanted to help him out. What do you think? Correct. You think that's I, what happened? I, you look, do I want to think that's what happened? Yes. Uh, do I really think that's what happened? I'm just not sure. I'm not either. I Because it, it, it works both ways. I mean, it does. It's possible Trump didn't hear and he was just as clueless in Car- as Carson and had no idea what was going on. Except... They're talking to each other, and it and if you look at uh, Trump, I think he says something like, "It's okay, let's wait." I I agree with you. I, it, it, his body language was was very consistent with what we both want the reality to be. He right. kind of pats Carson. I don't know if he pats him on the back or kind of grabs his arm, but he's he, he's not enough. He's clearly not panicked. It's he's very yeah. much he's very much in a hey, let's just relax. Everything's cool. 
you know, yep. let this let this play out. Yes. Um, which is consistent with what you would do if you saw somebody in trouble, right. you know, in a weird situation. You again, this could be complete BS. He Trump might might have just been as totally out in the blue in the dark, uh, whatever cliche you want, as or, or look, Carson was. You know. I think Trump always wants to be introduced first or last. I don't think he wants to be, you know, There's included with the unwashed. Well, that's probably true too. I I was hope I when I looked at it, I said, did we just see some humanity there from Donald Trump? And <laughs> and uh, I I'll acknowledge, like you, I was hoping that yes. that was the case. All right, so so the debate happens, and you know, I thought. Cruz, for all the flack that Rubio took, and again, we'll get to that, and it was significant and it was real. I'm not going to, even though I'm somebody who thinks that Rubio is the, the guy with by far the best chance to win in November, I, I'm, I try to be as objective as possible. So I'm not going to claim that, that Rubio got away clean. But I thought it was a terrible night for Ted Cruz, partially because of the clip uh, that you played from Carson, where he really, you know, Carson's a guy who you're not, even though you're not going to vote for him, you like him. Oh, my gosh. And the way he said it, it was like, oh, (gasps) devastating. It was eviscerating. I mean, it really was. I mean, instead, and and by the way, perfect. He could not have done it more perfectly if he tried, because if you go after someone hard and say, that was mean what you did, or that was bad, it doesn't work as well as if you're Ben Carson with a a lot of personal uh, gravitas. I mean, not gravitas is the right word, but a lot of people respect you. They like you. Your personal story is amazing. Listen, he's just an ethical guy. Right, right, right. So you (laughs) trust him. A guy with a high degree of trust. And he Mm -hmm. says, I was disappointed that you thought so Little, little of, of me. I mean, that is oh, just twisting and, 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 the knife. And then he goes, you know, and all the college students, one who died. I'm like, right. oh, that's right. He right. suspended his campaign right. for a couple of days right. for that. Now, and so I thought that was horrible for Cruz coming from oh, Carson. Sure. If it had come from Trump, it wouldn't have had any impact. But yeah. coming from Carson, I thought it was devastating. Oh, yeah. Um, but but let's talk about the facts real quick. And I don't want to get too deep into this because, frankly, I think it's gotten too much play. And my sense is since you're a Cruz fan and I'm not, we're probably going to disagree on, on this, which is fine. But um, I, I think there's I think there's something about this controversy that tells us a lot about Ted Cruz, at least the Ted Cruz that I perceive. Now, what the, the thing that bothers me most about Ted Cruz, Leah, among many things, is that he is incredibly slippery. And I mean, he's very slippery. Now, sometimes he's slippery to the good. And, and you go, wow, that was brilliant. Wow. Whew, great job there, Ted. Um, and, and other times you go, man, this guy is slippery in a bad way, like in a used car salesman sort of way. Um, and his explanation on what happened with Carson feels very used car salesman. Now, I will acknowledge that see, there were a couple of screw-ups. That happened. Yes. It's it's somewhat like the intros, where one little screw up begat the next. The right. first screw up was what the hell is Carson doing? Having anybody in his campaign saying we're going to take a break from campaign? I, know. I mean it's that's crazy, absurd. All right. However, he didn't ha- say suspend the campaign. Right. See, see that this is the key to this controversy is this: the Cruz people would like you to believe that taking a break. And suspending or cutting out of the campaign, as Steve King, the congressman from Iowa, who was a Cruz supporter, tweeted out, that there's somehow not that much difference between those words. Bullcrap. There is yeah, a. They wanted it to be. There is a. Exactly. There is a world of difference between 
I'm taking a 24-hour break to go get some clothes, which is weird. <laughs> uh, but that's Carson, all right? Carson's hey. weird. All right, but, but there's a world of difference between, you know, I'm taking uh, some time off to get some new clothes, and I'm out of the race an hour or more before the Iowa caucuses, which is, by the way, where I put every ounce of my campaign into. This is not yeah. – it's not like, you know, this was a state where Carson didn't campaign or whatever. His entire campaign is based on doing well in Iowa. and Correct. And the Cruz people – um, as you said, wanted that to be true, or at least wanted to pretend it was true. And the, and the key to me, the key to why the cruise people are being disingenuous about this being a misunderstanding, is that CNN, first of all, never said he was dropping out, although CNN, in their first tweet, I, I will acknowledge, they took what the Carson people said, and they took it a little bit mangled further. It. Right, they, they said they said Carson not going on to New Hampshire. Right. Which and that <laughs> sounds like what he's out. Except, yeah. Except as Carson said last night, less than a minute later, the next tweet perfectly clarifies that. No, we well, we didn't see that one. <laughs> yeah, right. We, we stopped reading. One tweet. Right. We we stopped reading after we heard he might be out, or at least we. And that actually, to me, Lee, and I think you're starting to see the light here. Although maybe I'm being overly optimistic. See, that's the way Cruz works. Cruz looks. Yeah, at but this. see, Rubio did it too. Okay, I, I, that's fine, and we'll, whatever. I, I'm talking about Cruz right now. All right. The way Cruz works is this, and we've seen it time and time again. Do I have plausible deniability to get away with going down this path if I get caught? And he saw, or his people saw, the CNN tweet and some things that got said on CNN as plausible deniability to misinterpret purposely yeah. what Carson had done in order to, to try to get a few more votes. Let Make no mistake, I want to make this very clear. Because this sounds contradictory, but it's not. While it was ethically, I thought, a really scummy thing to do uh, by whoever did it, whether, you know, certainly we know about Cruz, and if Rubio did it, it was scummy on his part, too. But it did not impact the final tally. I mean, well, it, it, I mean, we don't know yes, that. We, yes, we do. Here's how we know. Because Carson actually did surprisingly well. <laughs> Uh, you know, he did better. He may have done surprisingly even better. Well, that's theoretically possible. Um, you know, maybe it's part of that anti-Trump uh, brigade that I said came out. Maybe one of the right. people they wanted to vote for was Ben Carson because he was so anti-Trump. In other words, he's the he's the anti-Trump. He's totally different than Trump, but he's still an outsider. So you can make that argument that may, maybe Carson was going to shock the world, but. The numbers, if you run the numbers, and you know I'm a numbers guy, if you run the numbers, Carson, the, the theoretical number that Carson was going to get before that rumor leaked out just before the Iowa caucuses would have had to have been really extraordinary. And they there all would have had to have gone to Cruz for that to make the difference between winning and losing. And I just don't believe that that's what happened. There wasn't enough time. I mean, there was only an hour or so. Right. Um, See, I really don't. I'm not sure if Ted Cruz knew about this. I think these were, obviously, Steve King, I think these were campaign people run amok. Maybe. And then by the time that he realized what's going on, it's too late to stop it, and he's up. Yeah. Oh. 
Oh, well. But he's still being, Cruz was still being disingenuous about it last night. And CNN, I'm, yes. no, I'm no fan of CNN, but but look, their statement in response to what Cruz said at the debate last night was extraordinary. They they, yeah. they were at an 11 calling Cruz a liar for the way he, uh, it, it, you know, detailed or, or tried to pretend what happened with regard to this whole situation. And so to me, if you're really apologizing, you, you tell the whole truth last night and Cruz did not do that. Uh, he's still trying to be slippery and and snl saturday night live called him on it in a huge way which we'll play for you when we come back on the john and leah show on the free speech broadcasting network Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. By the way, at freespeechbroadcasting.com, you can check out the updated official John and Leah Show percentages on who's going to win the GOP nomination and who will be the next president of the United States. I'll share those in the next hour, as I will also provide my predictions for the New Hampshire primary, and we will get into the uh, the big boxing match from last night between uh, Chris Christie and Marco Rubio. But first, I want to... Big. Uh, yeah, well, big certainly <laughs> from Christie's side uh, in more ways than one. But uh, first, I want to talk a little bit about Ted Cruz, who I thought had a really underratedly bad night, ju- not just because Ben Carson eviscerated him right at the beginning of the debate over the whole Iowa controversy, which I do think shows some insight into Cruz's character or lack thereof. Uh, but also because the cold open on Saturday Night Live uh, mm. featured a Ted Cruz character. Now, Leah, you know, I've talked about this, about this many times. Uh, my greatest concern about Ted Cruz, because this is a job interview, and the number one job is being prepared to defeat Hillary Clinton, and that I think that Ted Cruz is going to be too easy for Hillary to beat. One, because he's a he's a hardcore conservative, you know, cookie-cutter conservative. I think there's, that's great philosophically, because I'm one, too, only with a libertarian bent. But also because of things like, for instance, his weird cadence. Uh, and how he speaks, and the fact that you he call was, him a televangelist. I refer to him as a televangelist mixed with a used car salesman. But <laughs> but he uh, and so and, and Saturday Night Live has clearly picked up on that clearly. Uh, and so let's play a little clip from how Saturday Night Live, uh, which was hosted interestingly enough by Larry David, who impersonates Bernie Sanders. But this is how they opened the show with a Ted Cruz character last night. I'm an unconventional candidate. I'm not like other politicians. I didn't get where I am today because I was born wealthy or handsome or charismatic or nice. I am not cool or likable or even fine. I'm not young and hip. I am not off the chain. I'm not energetic and healthy, physically, I'm not doing well at all. I'm a sneaky little stinker. From sending out bogus flyers in Iowa to spreading rumors that Ben Carson had dropped out, I am like the greased pig of politics. (laughs) Folks, we've had presidents who were governors, generals, 
Isn't it time for a president who's just a nasty little weasel? <laughs> now, I mean, Leah. My goodness. Now, now that's an evisceration. Now, uh, I know that you have said, and I understand why you say it, that Saturday Night Live doesn't have the power that it used to because it doesn't, because of fragmentation, the ratings aren't the same, uh, and and the people who watch, uh, you know, certainly there's, on a Republican primary, there's probably not that many conservatives watching Saturday Night Live at 11.30 on a Saturday night. Um, So I'm not going to suggest that, up his chances of winning the nomination are done now. Uh, However, if you look at history, uh, when Saturday Night Live has really targeted somebody, i.e. Sarah Palin uh, and others, uh, and if you look at how they have handled each and every general election in my lifetime, they have always, always picked the winner or inversely picked the loser. And I think Ted Cruz makes their job awfully easy. And now you're a Cruz fan, so I want to give you a chance to respond to that. Well, I... I mean, I agree about Saturday Night Live, especially with Sarah Palin, but I don't think it's about that anymore. Saturday Night Live is like, however. It's a narrative creator. It's a narrative creator. No, no. They didn't create this narrative. They picked up on this narrative, which is making its way all across media because somewhere, somehow, it became okay to call Ted Cruz unlikable just as what i'm afraid of is the new narrative is that marco rubio is a robot Mm -hmm. so i'm i'm worried that you know because once somebody says something it takes off like unbelievable so ted cruz is done oh i I mean he's done you mean as far as uh the primaries or the the general election He, he cannot there's no way he can win because of this kind of thing Wow. It's okay to hate Ted Cruz. So you're suggesting, and you've been a Cruz guy yes. most recently, you're suggesting his chances of winning the nomination are now basically nil. Right. I'm not willing to go that far. I think I have him officially at 20%. It's probably a little less than that. I'm waiting till New Hampshire. I, my, my guess is he's going to do very poorly in New Hampshire in comparison to how he did in Iowa. But Yeah, but the Iowa speech... Let's do the Iowa speech right. plus this. Plus Carson. There's no way. Plus Carson. Plus Carson. There's no way. It's wow. done. Wow, interesting. That is maybe done. the most interesting thing that's happened in the first two hours of this program. I mean, I really respect that coming from you because you're a big Ted Cruz fan. Huge. And, and, I'm, and I'm, some, I'm not willing to go quite that far yet, mainly because here's why. Because because of who the other candidates are. The other major candidates, I mean, someone has to beat you. So is Donald Trump going to beat him? Or is the guy who got a, who got destroyed by Chris Christie going to beat him uh, last you night, know, Marco Rubio? <laughs> so somebody has to beat him, Leah. I cannot wait to talk about Marco Rubio. Okay. Because Marco Rubio, in my mind, for me, cemented my vote. Really? <laughs> This is this is this is the most shocking Stunning. segment. This is the most, without a doubt, ladies and gentlemen. His worst performance cemented my vote. Wow! All right, wait a minute. I, I have to regroup here. So, so wait a minute. So, <laughs> this is the most shocking segment in the history of the John and Leah show. So you have abandoned Ted Cruz. And you well, no, I just know that Ted Cruz cannot win because he didn't listen to me and tweet me back and spend two <laughs> hours with me so that I could stop him with the delivery. I mean, come on. Okay. The Iowa speech. 
Oh, uh, I, well, it, it's too much. I agree on that part. Well, let me. Here, here's a pretty good rule to live by. All right, uh, and we've mentioned this before, but it's worth repeating. Uh, I, John Ziegler, am not a well-liked person at all, especially publicly. I am hated. I mean, I'm not known. I'm not a celebrity. But for a non-celebrity, I'm about as hated a person as can be. <laughs> However, I think I probably have more close friends that would be willing to speak out for me uh, who are prominent people than Ted Cruz so far has. The, the Here's the rule. If you are as or more disliked than John Ziegler, you cannot be president of the United States, especially as a Republican. You might be able to get get away with that as a Democrat, but not a Republican. All right, when we come back, uh, Christie versus Rubio, predictions for New Hampshire, and the Louisville scandal on the John and Leah show.